going on. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Well, we have ourselves a workout with this streaming. We usually only do one song. But it's Easter and it's Resurrection Sunday, and we've got a lot of worship to do. So for those of you, I don't know what state or country you might be from, what nation you might be from, but in these days of what the world calls uncertainty, I am glad that I have certainty. Amen? Are you glad? I want to hear some amens today, but because you've got to make up for the people that are outside. We're holding a drive-in church today um, by the grace of God. And we are doing our food outreach. We have a food outreach. Uh, we, we serve over 33,000 uh, uh, people serving a year and more. I think we're already up to that uh, almost this year because of what has happened. But we'll be giving out boxes later of food uh, as we take them to each car and each person. Have some special food in there that they can take home today. So I'm excited about the things that God is doing in this place. Um, we are uh, excited to be here, but this is serious business in what's happening in the world. The world is filled with uncertainty, but we're going to talk about some things today that are reality. There's no way I can bring a sermon today and not talk about the things that are going on where we live. And, and we're talking about all the nations, and I know that um, many of you are listening from other nations all over the world. Uh, I think we have 1,200 listeners just from um, Japan, uh, just from Japan every week. They're, they're, all the nations are listening. And so if you are listening today and you are looking for a message of hope, let me tell you, Jesus has one for you. Come on. This isn't about my word, but I'm just going to talk about the word. And Jesus is the word. He's word. You know, in some cultures it's word. He is word. Jesus is word. When I say word, I'm saying Jesus, okay? I just want you to know. Are you excited? All right. I want to hear some shouts of hallelujah all over the world going up today. Amen? Listen, the topic and the title of today's sermon is, Where is Jesus when you need him. Where is Jesus when you need him? Let me tell you, how many of you need him today? And we're looking, and we're looking, we're, we're saying about this coronavirus situation that's going on in the earth, and we're going, where is Jesus? Where is God? We are crying out and praying. And if you, if you don't know that we're crying out in prayer, if you don't know as a Christian believer that we are crying out in repentance during this time, let me tell you something. If you're a Christian or you consider yourself a Christian, I put it on my Facebook post, but let me just clarify something. There's no such thing as a Christian that doesn't pray. If, you, if you're a Christian and, and you don't pray, then you need to go back to square one. Because Jesus said, I will build my church, and my house shall be called a house of prayer. And you are the temple of the living God, and prayer ought to be erupting out of you right now like a volcano. And when you're not erupting and crying out and travailing right now for the earth and for God's mercy, the rest is like a lava flow without ceasing. That ought to be coming up out of your spirit, out of your soul, in every thought that you've got. Come on. I'm getting off track here. I can't afford it. We're on a time schedule. They say, you know, Facebook tells you, these people won't listen to you for more than an hour. You've you got to cram it in an hour. Well, I don't believe that. We've had services that have gone on until 2 in the afternoon, and we started early, and they started the minute the worship team came in for practice and set up. So today is where is Jesus when you need him? I'm going to be talking from uh, the scriptures of Luke. Chapter 24, we're going to be going through the, the, the verses of 13 through 35. So if you want to read that today and you really get a grasp of what I'm saying, because I'm here, I'm not here to just spoon feed you. We're here for meat today. We've all been eating, you know, Pastor and I have been so busy, we're eating cereal and scrambled eggs. I'm ready for some meat today. What about you? What about you all? I see some carnivores here. Sorry for the rest of you vegetarians, but you know what I'm saying. 
He's the meat of the word. Paul said, I can only give you milk right now because you're too immature. But this thing is designed, this corona episode is designed for your maturity. Church, we must grow up into sonship. Not this is my little boy. This is my little girl. No, this is my son. This is my daughter. These are the ones that are carrying my vision. These are the ones that have passion. These are the ones that are covered by the blood. These are the ones that understand their authority. These are the ones that will carry my word to the ends of the earth and declare it every day in their heart. These are the ones that will pick it up. They'll pick it up when the, when the rough times get going. They're not going to slow down. They're not going to stop. When somebody says it's impossible, they're going to go, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible with my God. Amen. We've got to believe that. I do believe it. If you don't believe it, I'm, I'm saying, what's wrong with you? You need to pray. You need to get on your face and pray. To the passion and the fire of Jesus Christ that took him and let him pick up his cross. He laid his life down. Nobody took it from him. Don't forget that. What are you doing with yours? He said, pick up your cross daily. Pick up your cross daily. There's things I pick up my cross daily and things I don't want to have to do. But I know nonetheless I must do them to glorify my Father in heaven. To follow what Jesus did. The greatest servant. Amen. I'm getting off track here. Help me, Jesus. Okay. I want to tell you, I've been reminiscing. Some of you, we all went on a group tour to Israel. Some of you that went are in this room. I've been reminiscing. I've been looking at this. I've been seeking the Lord. What do you want to say today? I don't want to just say another Easter sermon. That isn't what we need. There's stuff going on. What are we all thinking about? We're, not, we're afraid to even share some of the dark thoughts that might be trying to creep in and ooze in. I've been thinking about it, and I, I, I have beautiful pictures of when we were there in Israel. And when we went to the tomb, there's two places they think that represent where he was laid to rest. But there's a place called the garden tomb. I love that place because it looks like it must have looked about when he was there. And for my heart, I was looking at those pictures. I was pondering how it must have been. What were they thinking? Where were they standing? Could they have been that close? Where was that temple guard? If that is the tomb, if that is the tomb, where was that guard standing? Outside that stone. Where are the wax marks from where they tried to seal the tomb? They wanted to prove that if he did come out of that thing or they stole his body, it was sealed. So much was going on. And right now, How did it feel when they walked away? When they walked away from the cross. Some of them weren't even there. They were too afraid. But there was a handful that witnessed it. And saw his tears. You could see his eyes in those last moments. What happens when someone dies? There the world is weeping. The world is crying. There's a great darkness and a great sadness that's come upon the entire world, earth. Over 182 nations. Worldwide, 109,822, and I'm sure that number has risen since I wrote it down this morning. People have died the last few weeks 
from just the coronavirus. In the U.S. alone this morning, or maybe it's been 12 hours again now, over 20,000 people. That's 20,000 funerals. That's 20,000 people where, just as it was when Jesus died that day, some of the people couldn't even be with their loved ones when they were dying because of the regulations and the restrictions at the hospital. What does that do to a heart? Where is Jesus in the midst of this? What are those families thinking? Have you ever been to a funeral? Have you ever been to a funeral and walked away with your heart crushed and broken? Have you walked away and thought about the good memories, the good times, but what if it was a young person and all the dreams that you had for that? What if it was your baby? What if it was your child? And the things that you had in your heart, dreams and visions of what life was going to be, and you walked away and you were crushed with that heavy burden. What do I do now? It was no different when they were with Jesus. What were the vision? What were they thinking? He was their friend. He was their bud. He was the son of the living God. They believed him. They said he was the Messiah, but he's gone. Where is he? When the, the great darkness, the earthquake had happened, the temple had been, the veil had been ripped in two. The lambs were being slaughtered in such a fast way because there had been darkness that the smell of blood was everywhere. Hundreds of thousands of sheep and lambs. And then we have the blood of Jesus everywhere it flew from the Garden of Gethsemane to the cross, all the way up the Via Della Rosa, all the way to Golgotha. And then it poured from the cross for you and for me. And they stood there or they weren't there or they couldn't be with him. And some had betrayed him already and they were terrified and they were in fear. And they were going, Jesus, what are we going to do without you? Where are you? Why have you left us? Why is this happening? Every heart crushed with whatever was going on in their relationship with Jesus. Our story starts today with two disciples of Jesus. They were walking in Luke chapter 24. You can read it there, starting at verse 18. They were on their way. They left town. Jesus was dead. They'd heard a few rumors that maybe some people saw him, but they didn't believe it. They didn't believe that. What? They were going home. They didn't know what they were going to be doing, but they were talking together on the way. They were talking together on the way with a complete brokenness and sadness. What were they going to do now? Where was Jesus? Everything they thought. Everything they thought. They just buried their dreams. Everything. When they wanted to reach out and touch him, it was over. It's just like what people are experiencing right now. It's Sunday. And they're going The conversation probably went a little like this. He was such a good man. He was such a good man. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. How could he be gone? Just a week ago, he raised Lazarus from the dead. 
How could this possibly be happening? Mary Poyer poured the oil on his feet when we all got together to celebrate. I mean, how can it be that he's gone? We know he was a prophet. We know he ran into the trouble with the chief priests all the time, but we we warned him. We told him not to go to Jerusalem. We 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 told him to stay away from there. And did did you hear? Did you hear that Judas? Somebody told me that Judas betrayed him. He was one, he was one of the twelve. How could that possibly be? I, I, how could any of us betray him? Did you hear that they beat him until he couldn't stand? Did you hear that they they tortured him until he couldn't talk and nobody could even recognize him? Did you hear that they put a crown of thorns on his head and pushed it into his skull? And then they laughed. Everything was in the past tense, just like it is when somebody dies. They did this. They did that. Do you remember this? Do you remember that? These are conversations that are going on for 109 110,000 people in the earth that have died recently from this plague. Church, we must arise and pray. There was a grieving going on. Everything was in the past tense, and they cherished. They clung to every cherished memory that they had. They were disappointed. They were disappointed. They had, they thought this was going to go a different way. He talked about the kingdom. The kingdom is within you. We thought that he was here to build the kingdom. He was coming to take, take the kingship. He, he was coming to reign on the earth. He was coming to rescue us from the Romans, from the prisons and the freedom and the slavery that we've been in, from the poverty. The disappointment, the lack of hope. Life isn't going the way we need it. We've been crying out for Messiah to come for thousands and hundreds of years, and he's finally here. And what? how can this play out like this? How can this be possible? It's like all of us right now. We wake up every morning, and we're in our quarantines of whatever variety they are in the States. I don't know about you, but our governor said we can't be out past 5 p.m. at night. These disciples were in hiding right now. Well, I'm talking about this story. The others were hiding. They were afraid of persecution. They were afraid of being, you know, arrested and taken in. In some cases, in some states, you can be arrested. There are, there are uh, things that can happen to you if you are out after 5 p.m. In fact, somebody was stopped. Somebody in our church was stopped. Just, I heard a story that they were stopped yesterday. We need papers. We have a food bank, so we're essential workers, and we can go out, but you, we have papers that say oh, we, we have authority to be out. But this is how serious it is. And this is how serious it is in many parts of the earth and in our nation right now. They had to face the facts. Death comes as a shock. No matter how much you prepare, no matter if somebody is on a deathbed and you know they have been told that they're going to die, when it happens, it is a shock. It's just something you can't comprehend. You're just like, no, this can't be happening. We wake up every day and we go, no, this can't be happening. How is this happening? This is so strange. Who would have known that every nation and the face of the earth would be facing what we're facing? These hours of darkness, how possibly can we know? And we, and we go and we look, this is so strange. 
They had to be talking about the same way we're talking about our days right now. It's so weird. It's so strange. Who can believe it? We would have never thought this could happen. Where is Jesus when we need him? Just like them, sometimes we're slow to believe. They're on their way. They're having this discussion, and suddenly a stranger comes up. The stranger is walking with them as they're, as they're walking to the village that's maybe, oh, maybe seven miles from Jerusalem where they've just come. He's listening to the conversation. And suddenly he says, what are you talking about? He interrupts their conversation. He says, what are you talking about? And they go, what, man? Hey, dude. Hey, man. Are you the only person in Jerusalem or in this region that doesn't know what just happened? Are you the only one? I mean, can you imagine somebody coming along you in the course of your day and they don't know about the coronavirus? Come on. You'd be like, what? Are you, what? you don't, you're, you, okay. Jesus solutions patiently to them pour out their conversation and despair. And when they're finished telling all about their broken dreams and hopes, he asks them. But, you know, he then tells them that they're fools. You know, he doesn't rebuke them for their unbelief. He, he doesn't uh, rebuke them for only one thing. He rebukes them. And he said, didn't you know what the scriptures, the books of Moses and the law of the prophets, didn't you know what they said? And then Jesus begins to talk to them. You see, the Old Testament is filled with stuff about Jesus. If you haven't read the Old Testament, it's a whole Bible has one point. It's about Jesus and salvation. It has one point. It all goes to the center. That's the bullseye. That's where you want to be in the bullseye. That's, that bullseye is red. And in this story, it's red for a reason, because it's the blood of Jesus. You want to hit the bullseye, and the bullseye is the blood of Jesus. You don't want to be anywhere else except covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. And if you don't know him, today is the time. Come on. Just start talking to God. Just start asking the questions. He'll be there. He'll answer. He'll be there. He'll save you. He'll deliver you. He'll start a new life. You can do that today. He rebuked them for one thing and one thing only, failing to understand and apply the scriptures to what was happening. He didn't condemn them for upping out of Jerusalem and heading home, leaving. He didn't do that. Uh, he didn't condemn them about their doubts or their confusion. He just said, you haven't read my word, I guess, and applied it to understand this had to happen. No, again, I told you earlier, no one took his life. He laid it down. The cross wasn't an accident. The cross wasn't an accident. It was a plan and the purpose of God. It was from the beginning. In fact, it was before the foundations of the earth. The word in the Old Testament tells us the blood of the Lamb was slain before the foundations of the earth were made. This was in God's heart all along. There's clues to it all throughout the Old Testament. Man, if you're looking for something to do right now that's new, come on, Christians. This is a rebuke. Let it be a rebuke to your own heart today. Let God rebuke you today. Like he did his own love to the people, his sons, those two disciples that were his. Let him rebuke you for not being in the word of God. Let him rebuke you for not crying out for understanding. 
And let me apply your word to what's happening right now today. I'm saying this for myself. I'm saying it for you. If you don't think this corona, if you're wondering what this virus is all about, it is to correct you, sons and daughters of the Most High. God is on the throne. He has not left it. It is to correct your ways. It is to take your idols and separate you from your idolatry and every worry that you have and your identity and to correct how you think about yourself. Your identity isn't in your job now, is it? No. It sure isn't. You might be having to go to the food line, to the food shelf, just like everyone else. This is no respecter of persons. This is to get your attention. And if you, I, I'm talking to Christians, but I'm telling you, if you don't know Christ, he's here. So you will look to something outside of yourself. Put yourself down. Pick up your cross. And let your own self-life die. Let it be crucified so Jesus can rise again in you. So the Spirit of God can rise again in you and displace this rottenness and this sickness that has come upon the earth and upon the church. We must awaken. We must awaken. We must awaken. On that Sunday morning, they were awakened. That, that temple court guard that was out there were shaken to their court and terrified. When the earthquake, the angel came and rolled the stone back. I prayed for you today that the stone would be rolled back. If you are still living in a cave of death, because of the way you think and the way you live and the things you do, Come out today. Come out of your tomb today. Come into the glorious light. Come into the presence of the Almighty God who's here to direct your path and walk with you just like he was with those two disciples. Come on. Can I get a hallelujah? Sometimes we're slow to believe. Sometimes... <laughs> He seems to leave us, doesn't he? Sometimes, I've talked to some of you. I don't know where God is. I've been seeking him. He's playing. He is his hide-and-seek. I'm seeking him. He's hiding. He's making me dig. I don't know where he is. I can't find his presence. I can't find his anointing. I don't know what's going on. I've got all this stuff going on in my life. Where is God in this? I've talked to some of you who are right here in this room this past year. When you just said, I can't go another day. I can't move forward. This is it for me. I can't make sense of what's happening in my life. They were feeling this. Thousands are feeling this today. I can't go forward another day. I can't lose my whole family. Some people have lost almost their entire immediate families to this virus. Multiplied. It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. You just, it, it's so hard to believe. It's shocking. It shocks you to your core. Sometimes he seems, it seems like he's left us. Verses 28 and 32 paint a touching picture of Jesus eating supper with Cleopas and the other disciple. We don't know his name. They think they've stumbled upon a stranger. And they're going to this place where they're going to spend the night and have some dinner. But Jesus, as they get ready to go in, he, he tells them he's going to go somewhere else. He's going on. Now, this is letting the master himself teach them about what they didn't know. And they've received his rebuke. And they're wondering, why didn't we know that? We've heard those scriptures. How didn't we understand this? Now I remember what he was saying that night. Oh, the other day he was saying this. He was saying that. 
Why? Why didn't I? Why didn't I get this? We gotta stop and eat. And Jesus says, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna go on. Bye, guys." And they're going, "Oh, please, come on in. Let, let's let's eat together." They they wanted to sit with him. They wanted to have a little more time with this guy, this stranger. Oh, Lord Jesus. Jesus comes in when he's invited. He eats with them. As soon as he's done eating, their eyes are opened and he vanishes. He gets done he, with the fellowship in the story. Are you getting it? You're walking along and he comes up next to you. He's walking with you. He's a stranger. You don't even recognize him because your eyes are on your issues. Your eyes are on your heart. I'm sad. I don't feel lonely. I, I'm disappointed. I'm this. I'm that. I'm upset. And he's right there with you. And you're telling me and saying, Pastor, pray for me because I don't know where Jesus is. And he's standing right there and he's a stranger to you because your eyes are focused on something else and your mind is going on a mile a minute with something else and you don't know that he's right there in the middle of your problem and he's there with you and he was there the day before and he'll be with you tomorrow and you don't recognize him. You don't recognize Something was stirring. He ate with them, and their eyes were open. Now, some people say, "Oh, they, you know, we all, we don't know." It doesn't tell, tell us clearly. Why didn't they recognize him? I remember as a very young Christian, I was wondering it. You know, I made up all sorts of reasons, and other people have too. That it was dark, and they just couldn't see his features, and they couldn't, you know. But we know in the story it wasn't dark yet because later they ran back in the night, you know. Uh, so that isn't what the word says. But we come up with every kind of a thought. All it was is it was a supernatural veiling. They could not see him. Other things they were looking at. It was a supernatural veiling, and then he revealed himself. And their hearts burned, and they were like, Oh my gosh, it's Jesus! And then, boom, he's gone. He vanishes. As soon as they realize. They were supposed to stay and go on, and instead they turned around and they ran. They were like, can you imagine? They were like the women that uh, the others that had seen Jesus at the tomb earlier and the rumors starting that they didn't believe and now they are set to run back to Jerusalem. They're not going to be meandering. And can you imagine what that conversation must have been like? It's like, what are they going to say? We've got to tell everybody. We've seen him. We've seen him. He talked with us. He walked with us. He told us. We've got to tell them about the scriptures. We've got to get back and have the biggest conference Bible study in the world, in the upper room, or wherever these people are hiding. Can you imagine? They can't wait to tell them. You know, I love it when we can come together in church, and I know that you've been in the Word, and you've been in the presence of God, because you don't look like you did last week, and you've, you've seen Jesus... And you come in here and you tell me with a passionate heart what he's saying to you and what he's doing in your life. And I'm telling you right now, spend time with Jesus. Get in the Word. Find out what the Word is saying. Let him speak to you. Let him walk with you. Let him sit with you. Let him eat with you. Eat the Word and be with Jesus and let him give you the unveiling of the truth. Until your heart beats and your passion. And you can't wait to get in here. You, you get online and you go, I'm having a watch party. Watch me. I gotta tell you, I just saw Jesus. And, and then the other one's saying, but what if they don't believe us? And you're going, they will believe us. We will stay there. We won't stop until they know. We'll tell them every second, everything that was. We will convince them. Well, it's gotta be the Holy Spirit. Jesus was talking about He's sending a comforter. He's sending someone to lead and guide us. We're going to depend on God. We're going to depend on the Holy Spirit. 
It's her testimony. It happened. It's real. Are you loving this? I'm loving it. I love God. Just because you don't see Jesus doesn't mean he's not there. Everybody say it with me. Just because you see Jesus, it doesn't mean he's not there. Just because you can't feel him doesn't mean he left you. Come on. Just because you think you're alone doesn't mean he's not by your side. Once you know Jesus is alive, you have a certainty in your heart. Come on. Where is Jesus when we need him? He is with us even when it seems like he's taken off. I'm getting close to closing now. For those of you who are getting itching feet. This is Resurrection Sunday. Do you think that those disciples going back to tell the story were going to try to cram it into an hour? They were up all night. They were having a Holy Ghost Spirit-filled party wherever they were, sharing their stories. And Mary and Peter and everybody else were talking about what they'd seen at the grave. And they saw the grave closed. And Mary goes, yeah, and I thought he was a gardener. And, and we were there, and the, 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 the face cloth was folded over there, and the rest was sitting there. And then we saw the angel, and I saw him on the, I saw the angel, he was sitting on the stone. I did, and, and then Jesus, I ran to get, grab Jesus, and he says, don't touch me, I haven't risen to my father yet. Come on. What do you think was going on? Mama wasn't going to tell the kids to get to bed early that night. Okay? They had a lot to share. Amen? Let me see where I'm going with this. When you come to the conviction that Jesus is alive, everything changes. Everything changes. It changes even if you're having a hard time because you've got the word. And you know that Abba said, nothing, everything's impossible with sin. I mean, come on. But nothing is impossible with me. Don't let the world tell you you can't do it. Because God said, you can do everything through Christ Jesus who strengthens you. Come on. So they head back to Jerusalem. They couldn't wait to get back. No time to waste. They're running, running, running. So some of us say, if we realize it, we will never be alone again. We won't feel alone. Come on. You say he's been gone for 2,000 years, but that's not quite right. Gone in terms of his physical presence, maybe, but some people have seen him. Some people still see Jesus. He manifests plainly and clearly. I don't care. Call us crazy. I'll be crazy for Jesus. I don't care. I lost my reputation years ago. I don't have one. Ten years ago, God set us on a course. You know what it was? The big revelation. He says, yep, you've done up. Well done servant. You've done everything that your mentors told you. You've worked hard. you persevered. Now, let me teach you just these last final graduate courses. Okay. You want to know what, the, what that class was? How to become absolutely nothing. A big winged up zero. Nothing. Not important. Until there's nothing left of you. And it's only Jesus. That's the course we're on right now. We've got to wake up to that fact. Church will never be the way it was. Church will never be. Church service, whatever that is, it is not ever going to be the same. And God is saying amen to that. And the cloud of glory and the witnesses, come on. We're sick of that stuff. But the true church and the remnant is going to rise up. 
And there's going to be healing in the house. And the glory of God. He's going to get all the glory. And people are going to be raised from the dead. And it's going to be Jesus that gets all the glory. It's not going to be your ministry. It's not going to be you. It's not going to be anybody else. It's about Jesus right now. Jesus. So, he is with us always. I'm closing. Even though we don't recognize him at times, even though we can't find him at times, even though we are slow to believe at times, even though he seems to leave us at times, he may not be seen with our eyes, but he is seen through your faith. Because faith is the substance of the things I hope for. And I hope for my Jesus. I hope for my Jesus. And I hope you will too. And I hope that all of you will. Hope on Jesus. This is the message of hope. He has not left you. He's risen from the dead. I can hear a church down the street within the sound of my ears and they're ringing the bells. We don't have any bells at our church, but we are about ready to blow the shofar. I just got the message. All of this is true because Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. He's gone from our sight, but we can see him with our faith. Amen? We all live somewhere between Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday in the course of our lives. Do you see? You're replaying. We all. Some are weeping. Some are been at the cross. Some people are dying. We're all between that holy week in our lives. It's something we walk through. I'm not going to condemn you for the day like Jesus didn't condemn them. That's where they were at the moment. But you better know the word because that is going to get you to understand what day of the week you're experiencing of Holy Week. So we're all somewhere between Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday. Amen? We're all together on that road together with him. And sometimes we feel like we can't go on. But then Jesus comes. He comes to us and says, you are not alone. You never were alone. And even when you thought you were alone, I was with you every step of the way. So, child of God, behold the risen Christ. Behold the risen Christ. You can never, ever be alone again. Amen? I just want to say, I just want to make these declarations. I wrote them down. The tomb is empty. When I went to Israel, the tomb is empty. It's empty. Nobody, he's not there. He's not there. Either place where they think it might be. Come on. Because Jesus is alive. (laughs) We sang that song this morning. Jesus is alive. We are not alone. He is risen. He is risen from the dead. Amen. And I want to tell you, God is not dead. And if you are believing that he is, or if you're an atheist or a Gnostic, or you haven't made up your mind, wherever you are on this journey of what you believe and what you don't believe, I'm here to tell you that God is not dead. And if you're listening to that beat or reading that news, you're listening to fake news. This isn't fake. This is a true, this is the truth. Jesus is alive. Amen? He's alive! Let's just, I want to hear some shouting in here from the rest of you. I know you guys can't hear it on the recording, but they're shouting, clapping, and they're happy. We thank you. We thank you. We're going to... Um, let's, uh, Sean, can you blow the chauffeur? I want to put this to it. And uh, this wasn't in part of our original order of things, so scratch that. We're going to be led by the Spirit here today. I'm going to move this out, and if you just come to the center so we can have you. And uh, I'm going to hold the microphone so that they can hear it.
بار Go ahead and start playing, Kyle. I just want to just take a moment as we bless every one of you, all of those that are in our relationship, all our lives. If you can just sense the presence of the Lord, there is no Christianity without the resurrection. The power of the resurrection is to declare, to reveal His glory. Now and in the future, in us. I just want to read Luke fourteen or Luke four. We've talked about the families that have lost. Talking about the condition of the earth. We're identifying with the day of the power of the resurrection. Surely that resurrection brought us eternal life. Set free from sin, the penalty of death. Jesus rose, seated at the right hand of the Father, entered into the courtrooms of heaven, and said, "He's alive." First of many brethren. But what's important, I think, for all of us to know is, is that glory is released through us in the earth, now, tomorrow, the day after tomorrow, for the purpose that He might reveal Himself. Christ in you, the hope of glory. We talk about the Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives in us, resides in us. It's the same Spirit that Isaiah prophesied of, and Luke wrote of. This is our mandate. If we truly believe that Christ died for our sins, took our penalty, freed us from that. Penalty of sin and death, and we too are seated in the heavenly places with our Father, as true sons and daughters. And if we are those called by His name, then that power, the Spirit of the Lord, is what's to be demonstrated in and through our lives to reveal Him. So as I read this chapter of the verses of Luke four. Because the Spirit of the Lord is upon you, if you're born again, Spirit-filled, identify with the power of the resurrection, then you cannot hold back. Now is your time. Now is your time. Holy Spirit, quicken this to each and every person, listening to the power of your words. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable. You of the Lord, loved ones. Now is the time to allow the very presence of the Spirit of the Lord. You've got to allow Him to use your mouth, to use your hands, to use your heart, to go where He would ask you to go. Be that one that brings comfort, that brings the healer. Brings the manifestation of His kingdom now on earth as it is in heaven. What an opportunity! We have no idea of where we're going from these days ahead. We're talking about recovering economically. Some have talked about trying to recover emotionally. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. God has prepared the nations. For the ministry of reconciliation with humanity and the Father, we have been given the ministry of reconciliation, and so I just plead with you: 
Don't miss this opportunity. You don't need a title. You don't need a position. All you need to acknowledge is the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And Father, use me. Send me. Amen. So, Father, we bring our offering before you this morning. We love you. We bless you, Jesus. We thank you for the sacrifice. Father, we thank you for your love that rose your son. Rose your son from the dead. And that, Father, that same love that you've given your son that lives in us as well. We bless you, Lord Jesus. You want to pray over it, shall Give some instructions. So for you, the watching online, uh, to bring our tithes and offerings, to bring our gifts, amen. There's a couple different ways to do that. Uh, you can leave it at a donation box at the food bank. Uh, you can mail it in to Praise Chapel, PL Box 620, Hartford, Vermont, 05047. You can also go online and uh, hit the donate button. And there's uh, instructions there to lead you through and how to do that. So, praise the Lord. God bless you. Amen. I'll, I'll give you a hug. Amen. So, uh, while you're bringing your offering, I just want to tell you guys about something. Uh, maybe you've seen it online. There's a movement. It's the red ribbon movement. I guess you can wear it. You can wear it like a tie. You can wear it in your hair. No. It's a red ribbon. If you go around and you see this, you know, at Passover, they put the blood on the doorpost of the house. It just represents, it's a red ribbon. It represents the blood of Jesus. And so we're putting it on our doorpost. We put it on the church. We put it on, I might want to wear one. It's a conversation starter, if nothing else, if they ask what the ribbon's for. It's about the blood right now. And that's the power. There's power in the blood. So I wanted to share that. If any of you, I've got some red ribbons locally here. If you want some red ribbon and put this at your house or on your door or wherever, tie it on your car. Um, I have some after the service. And we're getting ready now to sing our last song. And we're going to talk about there's no other name. Amen. There's no other name but Jesus, no name. guys. That's right. There's no other name Hallelujah. but Jesus. Jesus. So let's sing.